Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for our time of the study of the Bible here. We study the Bible and we aim to study from the book of Genesis Revelation. By the grace of God, we have done 30 books of the Bible. And uh, that's amazing. Thank you for always taking time. To study with us. Thank you for always taking time to join in. And uh, if you've not been able to listen to the podcast that we've done straight from the book of uh, Genesis, we ask you to please visit all podcast platforms that we have. That is Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Podbean, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. And I believe the Lord shall speak to you even as you listen. This is the reason. There is no limitation to revelation. God speaks his word. God reveals his word to every single person who shows the need. If you want God to speak to you, he will come and indeed he will speak to you. So I ask you to take the time and uh, join in and listen and also do some personal study yeah, in reference to what we've been uh, teaching here. And uh, right now, we want to handle uh, the book of Jonah today. The rest of the books are quite short books, so pretty soon we shall be done with the Old Testament. And uh, it's been a, an interesting journey, about two and a half years where we've handled this testament, and it's been amazing. Now, today we want to study the book of Jonah. We know this prophet, it's called a prophet, referred to as a prophet. Uh, we've had it a number of times. We have uh, studied and uh, told the story a number of times. We refer to it a number of times. That's what we want to look at today. Just by saying the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Rise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for the wickedness has come up before me. Now, Nineveh, it is the capital, or was called, referred to as the capital of Assyria. Assyria, remember, is the nation or the empire that took Israel into captivity. Yeah, It was the empire that uh, was running at that time, and they take Israel into captivity. That we see this uh, prophecy of Jonah, or the, this study of Jonah, comes at a time uh, when Israel has not really yet been taken into this captivity. All in reference to some of the books that uh, may not be part of the Bible but are apocrypha, like the book of Tobit. If you read that book, uh, you'll find reference to it at the time of Nineveh being strong as a city. So when they're talking about Nineveh here, they're talking about the capital of uh, Assyria as a nation that had taken over during that time. So, Assyria has its capital. They are living in wickedness or a life that could be regarded as one that is wicked and God is not happy with them. So, God comes out and tells Jonah that you need to go to that city. It is a great city. It's not a small city. It's a, a city that belongs to people who had conquered, yeah, uh, empire. It had. It was a great empire. 
So the task that Jonah has at his hand is not a small task. He's not going to just any city. He's going to a city that is great. Yeah? One that is led by a superpower, if I may call it at that time. One that is led by the strongest nation at that time, which is Assyria. That is where Jonah is being sent. So, no wonder he had some cold feet because where he's being sent is a place that is led or is uh, the authority that leads Nineveh or the authority that has Nineveh as its capital is Assyria. It is great. It is mighty. He's afraid and wondering what will happen of me if I go and speak to them. So, Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Jonah, after being told what to do, makes a decision and says, I'm not going there to die. I'm not going there to go through uh, the period that I do not want as part of my life. He's believed to have been a prophet that existed around the time of Jeroboam II. And even when you read in uh, extra sources, we are told that he was a prophet to Jeroboam. He would speak to Jeroboam about what is going to happen. Jeroboam is uh, one of those kings of Israel who caused Israel to sin greatly. So he's told about what to do. He's warned. He, he has to go and warn Nineveh about the wickedness that it's carrying on. And uh, they've got to change. But what is his decision? He decides to flee from the presence of God. Sometimes there are tasks we've been given to do. There are roles we've got to play in our salvation. There are ministries that uh, God has told you, you need to do this. You need to join into such work for my kingdom. And you make a decision to flee. Why? Because either you're so afraid about it, or you're looking at how big it is and you can't handle it, or you're looking at the challenges you're going to experience. Because Jonah now will look at Nineveh, will look at who owns Nineveh, whose capital it is, that is Assyria, and he says, I, there is no way I'm going close to that because that means death. That is a world power at this moment. I cannot step there. So he went down to Joppa. He found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He says, I need to take another direction. Let me go far away because sometimes you think the farther you go, then the voice of God won't find you there. Or the eye of the Lord will not see you there. Or God will not have any idea where you are. That's what this guy thinks. He thinks when he runs off, God won't find him. It's interesting that he's a prophet and he already knows that God speaks to you anywhere. And God can find you anywhere. So, he runs off to, to Tashish. The Lord held a great wind on the sea. God controls nature. I mean, he is the creator of all things. He can determine what to do at any time. He has control over the nature, over the things that uh, are in the world. So, what does he do? He says, okay, you've taken the boat. Let me find you on the water. So, he sends a great wind on the sea, and there was a great storm on the sea, so that the ship was about to break. Now, if they are referring to a ship breaking, of course, there's all this uh, turbulence that can happen on the waters. But if you get to the level that the ship uh, is going to break, then that was extreme. Caused by the Lord, I want you to, to, to keep that in mind. There are some uh, things that God does himself. Sometimes, because of the 
consequence as consequence of the things which we have done there is some turmoil that can break out and many times we want to think that the devil is attacking me but in this case because of Jonah there is a great wind that wants to break the ship and the bible is clear it has been brought by god himself so we need to be people who can learn and read uh, the circumstances around and understand is this god trying to warn me is god trying to teach me something or it's the devil that is attacking me yeah so the sailors became afraid and every man cried to his god they were all there they had their gods they worship everyone pulled out their god it could be a small statue a small amulet whatever they had they pulled it out and they start to worship and to pray to their gods and they even made a decision, probably this thing is too heavy, we are going to crash with it. They threw the cargo, which was in the ship, into the sea to lighten it for them. So they said, get the cargo off. Now, they are losing those items valuable. Some had been paid. Uh, they had paid that, you know what, take our, uh, our goods to Tashish for us. They were paid money, but now they have to throw them into the sea. Reason? There is a man there who has disobeyed God. Yeah, There are losses that we cause others because we are not obedient people. Because we are disobeying the word of God. Because we, have, we are not listening to God and we cause losses to places. We cause uh, trouble to places because of our disobedience. That your presence there. Because you are so disobedient to God and you don't listen to what God tells you. You cause losses. To place these men are losing their goods they are losing credibility they are losing business because of jonah and his disobedience yeah so jonah had gone below into the hold of the ship laying down and fallen sound asleep he's not even understanding whatever is going on for him he's on a task of running so the captain approached him and said how is it that you are sleeping get up Call on your God. Perhaps your God will be concerned about us so that we will not perish. Everyone was calling on their God. Jonah was sleeping. So for them, they're saying, get up, call on your God. Yeah. Each man said to his mate, come, let us cast lots so we may learn on whose account this calamity has struck us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. This was a common practice uh, in their times. Even in the Bible, when you read and reference, casting lots was common. As, as we've been reading, even earlier in the book of Jonah, in the book of Psalm, um, uh, they would cast lots to know who does it fall on that is causing the trouble. Or who has it fallen on that should be chosen to lead. Those were things that would be done in the past. So they cast it. And it falls on Jonah. Then they say to him, Tell us now, on whose account has this calamity struck us? What is your occupation? Because we just put you on board. What do you do? What, what is the nature of your work that you're bringing such calamity to us? Tell us now, where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord God of heaven, who made the sea, and dry land. He states it clearly that even here we, where we are having the turmoil from, it is my God who made this sea. And I'm trying to run from him through this media. 
of the sea. And he has control over it, so he will know exactly where I am. He will know exactly what I'm doing. Then the men became extremely frightened, and they say to him, How could you do this? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. So they say to him, What should we do to you? That the sea may become calm for us. Talking to a prophet, they're saying, How can you flee from God? How can you flee from your God? How can you do that? Sibyl, how do you do that? So they say to him, what should we do? For the sea has become increasingly stormy. So he say to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that on account of me, this great storm has come upon you. Jonah knew immediately when he came from his sleep, he knew that I am the cause of all this trouble. And he also had the confidence that if I am thrown into the sea, I serve these people. There are some things that are happening in families, in churches, in ministries, and the people who are causing all that trouble know that I am the cause of this trouble. And they know that if I can only step out of that, they will be safe. But are they willing to make those decisions? That you know you are the cause of all the trouble that is going on. Wherever it is, it could even be your place of work. And if you can step out of that, then that place will be safe. Jonah knew that. He knew, if I get out of this ship, I'm safe. If I get off this ship, they are safe. Okay? So, the men rode desperately to return to the land because they could not for the sea was becoming even stormy against them. They said, we cannot throw this guy in the water. We'd rather make our way back to the land. So, they do it with all their effort. But it was even getting harder. So, they called on the Lord and said, let's first take a pause there. Who is calling on the Lord? These men who are calling on other gods eventually make a decision and say, no, let us call on the mighty God of Jonah. That is how amazing it can be. That when people see what your God can do, they start to call on him. This is what these men did. They looked at the power. They're like, which God is this that can turn this sea into such? They had traveled for years. They were in this business of, of, of traveling on the waters. They had never seen such a thing. And now, if this man tells them, that is my God who has done that, they say immediately, this is a God to be praised. This is a God to be worshipped. So they call on him and said, we prayed earnestly, O Lord, do not let us perish. They pray on account of this man's life and do not put innocent blood on us for you, O Lord, have done as you have pleased. So they picked up Jonah. They are saying, God, we are throwing this guy in the water, but do not put that, on. do not put his blood on our heads. So they picked him up, threw him into the sea. And the sea stopped its raging. Just like that, it's gone. The raging stopped immediately. Then the men feared the Lord greatly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. They say, we need to worship this God. Of course, there is one thing Jonah has done here. By his disobedience, there are men who have come to Christ, and they are like, okay, we believe in that God. We believe in that God. He's the mighty God. By the time he has done all this, we believe in him. Let us even sacrifice. Yeah, They make a decision to worship 
the Almighty God because of what has gone ahead with Jonah. But it's not good news for Jonah. The Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the stomach of the fish three days and three nights. Whichever size that fish was, we can never know. But we are told it is a great fish. Whatever was going on down there, yeah, while Jonah is in the mouth of that fish, in the tummy of that fish, the stomach of that fish, the components that are in there, we can only imagine. Yeah, How was he breathing? We can only imagine. Uh, there is a documentary that I watched of a man who was swallowed by a whale. He was a diver, and one day he had done he had done this for years. One day, I think he's in Australia. He he went diving, and a whale swallowed him. He says, I think he spent about three four minutes in there, and and it spit him out because it could not contain him. He was like something that's not supposed to be in. Yeah, so it spit him out, and he survived. By the way, but what was going on in there? can be compared to what Jonah was going through. Now, Jonah is in that stomach. Chapter 2, the Lord prayed, then, then Jonah prayed, rather, to the Lord his God from the stomach of the fish. Now, he's in there, and what does he say? He says, I called out of my distress to the Lord, and he answered me. I cried for help from the depth of Sheol. You heard my voice, for you had cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, when Jonah falls into the water, this is what happens to him. So he's referring to what happened to him when he fell into the water. This must be before the this uh, fish comes to swallow him. Yeah, While he was down there, because he fell deep down into the sea, he compares it here with the depth of shore. He cried unto the Lord because he was into the deep, into the heart of the seas. That's where he was. And the current engulfed him. While he's in the water, he's been thrown there. All your breakers and billows passed over me. So I said, I have been expelled from your sight. Nevertheless, I'll look again toward your holy temple. Water encompassed me to the point of death. While he was thrown into the water, he thought he was going to die. Doesn't matter how much uh, swimming lessons he had gone through. This was tough for him. Yeah, And he says, weeds were wrapped around my head. I descended into the roots of the mountain. The earth with its bars was around me forever. But you have brought me up from up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. While I was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who regard vain idols forsake their faithfulness, but I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. That which I have vowed I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. Now, when he says this prayer, this is a prayer he probably says or most likely says while he's in the uh, uh, the stomach of this fish and he prays and he says the prayer then the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah up onto the dry land yeah God had saved him most definitely but then his intention by th falling into the water wasn't that you die it was you have to finish this mission when God has said you'll do something you will do it doesn't matter how much you run, doesn't matter how much you uh, play the tricks, you will do what God has said that you will do. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. He's on dry land now, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and proclaim to it the proclamation which I'm going to tell you. So Jonah arose 
and went to Nineveh. This time he does not object. You know, after God has taken you through some things, you realize, okay, there's no way out. There's no way that I'm going to run. Let me just do what God is saying I should do. That's what Jonah decides to do. So he arose, went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city. We've talked about this. This was a capital of Assyria. That was a superpower at the time. Yeah, And three days, it was a three days walk. Then Jonah began to go through the city one day's walk. And he cried out and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh will be overthrown. He was telling them, you've got 40 days. If you do not change in these 40 days, your city is gone. There is going to be destruction. And of course, they knew what he was saying because they've read, they've understood about Sodom and Gomorrah. They know that God can overthrow a city. God can put a city down if he decides to. Yeah, because that is what God does. He can make a decision and say, it is done. So he goes out and he's warning them and he's telling them, you need to sort yourselves up, otherwise destruction is coming to you. Make a decision quickly before it is too late. So, he tells them, you've got 40 days. Change lest trouble has come. So, the people of Nineveh believed in God. And they called a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of the, of the, to the least of them. And when the word reached the king of Nineveh, he arose from his throne, laid aside his robe from him, covered himself with sackcloth, sat on the ashes. He issued a proclamation and said, In Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let man... Now, first of all, it is amazing to know that these people, when they heard the call of Jonah, they listened. They didn't object. With all the wickedness that was going on there, it is even by the by grace that they could not object but knew and understood. They probably read history. They probably know the God of Jonah and how he can destroy. They've read about Sodom. They've heard about Gomorrah. They've known about destruction that can come if it is God who has said it. So what do they decide to do? They say, we have got to change. Yeah? So the king makes a decree. He says, not, do not let man... Beast, had or flock, test a thing. This is the first that is mentioned here that went across all living things as far as they are uh, either people or animals. If you have sheep, they are fasting. If you have cows, they are fasting. You yourself, you're fasting. You can imagine that. Because it's like the king saying, if there is anything that has sinned, even if it is an animal, we are keeping a fast for God so that we are not destroyed. So he sends it out. Do not let them eat or drink water. Now this is amazing. This is a king who has been wicked. Who is wicked? Or maybe categorized as wicked but acknowledges God. You know, there, there are some things and sometimes we fear and say when we preach will they listen? When we go out and speak, will they listen? They are the, the worst of all. Will they listen? But you go out and speak, you don't know what comes next. This king of Nineveh, a leader, great leader, makes such a decision that is channeled towards the Almighty God. So he tells them, both man and beast must be covered in sackcloth. Now, it's not just about eating, that you won't eat or drink. 
He also tells them wear sackcloth and even do some designs for your sheep or cows. Get them some some sackcloth and let them be dressed in sackcloth. And let men call on God earnestly that each may turn from his wicked way and from the violence which is in his hand. So, who knows? God may turn and relent and withdraw his burning anger so that we will not perish. He's saying, we are not sure if this will work. Personally, I'm not sure if this is going to work, but this is what I know. If God is merciful, he might withdraw this anger from us that we do not perish. When God saw their deeds, that they had turned from their wicked way, then God relented concerning the calamity which he had declared he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. When God saw what these people have done, he said, I'll forgive them. Whatever you have done in life, there is nothing that God can't forgive. However bad it seems, and people have laughed at you, people have called you all sorts of names because of what you've done or how you've lived, God can look into your situation, and God can come to your rescue. God can look and say, I'll forgive you. That's why we always say that God is gracious. God is merciful. God will forgive each and everything that you've done. There's nothing that you should carry as guilt, feeling like you're the worst of all, feeling that uh, you, you, you do not deserve forgiveness. By the blood of Jesus, the one that died for us on the cross at Calvary, your sins are forgiven. And not just some sins. All sins are forgiven. doesn't matter how bad. By the time Nineveh is on the list of destruction, they must have done bad they must be in the category of Sodom and Gomorrah. But when they turned, God forgave them. How about you? You, whom God has sent his only son to die for your sin. He'll forgive you. What have you done that you feel you're the worst of all? Talk to God. Ask for forgiveness. And change life and walk a life that is pleasant to God. And you'll be forgiven. God looks at them and says, okay, from what you've done, I forgive you. But now, here's the interesting thing. It greatly displeased Jonah, and he became angry. Why is Jonah angry? Because God has said, I'm not going to carry out the destruction. I think he was so uh, uh, very determined to have his prophecy come to pass. I mean, I've gone through the stomach of a fish for three days, and now I come here and the words I've spoken just go to waste. There's no destruction that comes along with them. He's angry. He's not happy at all. He prayed to the Lord and said, Please, Lord, was not this what I said while I was still in my own country? Hmm? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I fled to Tashish. For I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, and one who relents concerning calamity. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for death is better to me than life. Then the Lord said, Do you have a reason to be angry? Now, Jonah is angry. He says, I knew I had a feeling you are not going to destroy these people. Because if I talk to them, you are going to, they were going to repent and you are going to forgive them. Now, all that I've gone through is for nothing. Hmm? I've told people they have 40 days. Now what happens when they don't die? They are going to say, okay, yeah, you brought your message, but now we are safe. Yeah, He's looking at his personal uh, standing, his personal comfort. 
But God can relent. God can change. And that's what he's showing you now. And he's asking, what reason do you have to be angry? You've done your job. Sometimes we are worried that if you go out to preach and people don't get saved, then they will laugh at us. What reason do you have to be angry? What reason do you have to be um, to feel the way you feel <laughs> like it has not worked out? It's God. He's the one who determines. He's the one who has all the right to whatever happens. Even if he has sent you the message and he changes, it is God. So he's telling him, why are you angry, John? Did you want these people to die? You've done your part. They've done their part. I've forgiven them. So Jonah went out from the city and sat east of it. There he made a shelter for himself and sat under it in the shed until he could see what would happen in the city. You know, Jonah said, "Ah, then me wait and see. Probably they will be destroyed. So the Lord God appointed a plant and it grew over Jonah to be a shed over his head to deliver him from his discomfort. Now immediately there is a tree that grows immediately to cover Jonah. Jonah is seeing great things. He has just been in a, a wreck. Then he gets into the the stomach of a fish. He has gone through a city. Yeah, a great city, by the way, which has repented. Now a tree has just grown just beside him to provide shade. He's seeing great things only. Yeah. And he was extremely happy about the this tree, this plant that grew. But God appointed a worm. When dawn came the next day, and it attacked the plant and withered it. The next day, it ate it all up. Yeah, and the, when the sun came up, God had appointed. When, when the sun came up, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on Jonah's head so that he became faint and begged with all his soul to die, saying, "Death is better to me than life." Then God said to Jonah, "Do you have a good reason to be angry about the plant?" God is trying to show him. Yeah. And he said, I have good reason to be angry, even to death. I think he was a very angry man. He would get angry very quick. Then the Lord said, you had compassion on the plant for which you did not work, and which you did not cause to grow, which came up overnight and perished overnight. Should I not have compassion on Nineveh, the great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know the difference between their, their right and left hand, as well as many animals. He's telling him, you just saw this plant grow. You fell in love with it. Now, because it is gone, you're angry. You're bitter. Yeah? Now, if you had compassion on this plant, how about me? How about 120,000 people there who have even repented? Do you want me to just destroy them? Do you want me to just let them perish just because you're angry? God is telling Jonah, I am God, and I'm compassionate. And that's the whole issue with this story of Jonah. That even if this city had sinned to the greatest of all, God was compassionate about them. If you turn to God, you'll be saved. Jonah said it in his prayer. He himself fell. He himself disobeyed. But God gave him a chance of life. Now, when Nineveh also looks at how wrong it has gone and repents, God gives it a chance to life. Jonah is not happy about it, but he should know better because he's just gone through that grace. And that is what we all need to know. For those 
that God has redeemed, for those that God has saved you, he picked you out of a, a life that was of, of sin and disobedience and gave you another chance. You need to also be able to let people know about that God that you have, the God of second chances, and let them know that they can be forgiven. It doesn't matter how bad it's been. God forgives sin. And for you who is out there today, and you've not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to know that God forgives. It doesn't matter what you've done. And you might even have already accepted Christ and you fell. I want to let you know there is nothing God cannot forgive. This city was wicked to the level of Sodom and Gomorrah that it was due for destruction. But when they repented, God forgave them. You just need to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. You just need to rekindle your relationship, that fire, and return to the Lord and you will be safe. If you're that person as we finish this book of Jonah today and you want to say that prayer, you can say these words after me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Come into my life. Transform me and help me walk with you. Amen. May God bless you. May God prosper you and help you move in the way that blesses him. That marks the end of the book of Jonah.